0: hey everybody and welcome back to infinity watchers we are here we have a completely unplanned intro uh neither of us came up with anything remotely creative so you know we are here and that is that's all you're getting this week. yep (laughs) all right (laughs) wrap the podcast i think that's a good uh good stopping point good
1: good place to end it (laughs) cut it now
0: we are we're ready to talk about our thoughts on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings so Jared you and I saw this film together um Mm -hmm. just a few weeks ago um so we're gonna we're gonna go through a a new review format this week
1: yeah yeah we decided to change things up a bit I mean it's been what like two months since we did a movie review that was for Black Widow Mm -hmm. um we decided to go with an award sort of uh structure this time around um making up a list of awards and giving creating nominees for set awards. Uh hopefully this works out. We're going to uh to play this out for the rest of our reviews if this goes well.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to try it out. Uh before we get into our awards, um Jared, why don't you just uh kind of give your your thoughts on the film just at a you know, at a high level before we get into some um more granular details
1: so if, if i'm looking at this at a high level i actually had the opportunity to see this twice i saw it with you at the drive-in and then i saw it again with some friends uh two days later but the first time my my uh thoughts on it were kind of hindered by the the way that we saw it because we you and i saw it at a drive-in uh-huh. and the uh, the speaker that i had brought to watch it with wasn't the greatest. There was this high pitched squealing sound coming out of it for the entire movie. And it was only when there was deep bass from either the fights or the music that you could actually understand what was being said or what was going on. Any quiet scenes, that pitch really kind of blew out the rest of the sound. So it was hard to understand what some of the actors and characters were saying, um luckily half or a good percentage of the movie isn't does have subtitles so we could actually read what was going on uh so we lucked out there but i had to see it again because i wasn't too sure on it the second time i saw it i i i wanted to absolutely love this movie there is so much to love about it uh between the cinematography the casting um the performances, all the fight choreography, all of the action. There is a lot to actually like and love here. But I just, I walked away from it feeling indifferent. And I don't know what that is. I don't know why that's hmm. the case. I i don't hate this. Ab- absolutely not. There's, I don't hate it at all. Uh, I think it's one of Marvel's best. It doesn't feel like a Marvel movie for probably about 95% of it. Mm -hmm. there were times where I legitimately forgot that it was a Marvel property and a Marvel project. It does follow some of the similar structure and beats that we've come to know from a, from Marvel studios, but I forgot that that's what it was at a point. Uh, I just felt like, Mm -hmm. it just felt like a Kung Fu movie, which is what they were going for. And I am all here for that. I'm completely here for that. Mm -hmm. So hats off to to cretin and his team for making that happen but just i don't know what it was I, maybe and maybe my thoughts become a little more clear as we dive into the awards at a more granular level but i just couldn't resonate with this as much as i could other entries and other properties you know
0: interesting yeah and i think as we discuss it hopefully you'll pin down more of what what's giving you that feeling
1: (laughs) maybe and Um, i think and i mean to be honest it did crack my top 10 but mm -hmm. i don't i still don't know where yet
0: okay i got you yeah that's that's um spoilers it's in my top 10 as well (laughs) yeah um but yeah i mean i i really really love this movie um and you know to say it's it's a top 10 mcu movie with us having 25 films now this being the 25th it's pretty amazing to crack into that top 10. You know, you Mm -hmm. and I have pretty, for the most part, kind of similar films in that top 10. Um, Where they lie inside that top 10, they they kind of differ. But, you know, I I really do think this is in the upper echelon of MCU movies. It's just, it was so much fun. The fight scenes were so entertaining. Like, Mm -hmm. I was just, even with the the, kind of audio issues we had, I was still just kind of so sucked into this movie <laughs> invested in in everything and from the performances to the action it it just it hit on pretty much every level um, for me and really the only the only downside i think you know is it, it got a little too much um, it, they almost felt it, it felt like marvel couldn't really resist doing the the human protagonist versus a cgi army type thing like granted it was it was a little bit different you know they had these flying soul suckers and and the (laughs) dweller in darkness but um at the same time i I was like okay well i mean we we still had the interpersonal and emotional battles within that fight which made it work right and i I felt like you know this is something we've seen them go back to in every property (laughs) And this right. didn't feel like it really needed that to, to get over the level. It just felt I enjoyed it. It just felt a little unnecessary.
1: Right. And I think that's where my problems really start with mm-hmm. this is that it, it this is a family drama in a con and a kung fu movie set within the MCU. You don't have to tell me anymore to get me on board with that. My... <laughs> My, my problem my biggest problem is what you just said that it turns into a cgi slugfest at the end between uh the great protector and the dweller in darkness with uh sean chi in the middle of them and i mean i can not appreciate actually no i really can't appreciate it for what it is uh just because it it just it turned it you're right they couldn't resist what they're used mm-hmm. to and they rested on their laurels they didn't do something new in in that final act um mm-hmm. but uh I think this really would have brought it all home if it was the final battle the final fight was literally between Wenwu and Shang-Chi and that was it because that's where the tension of this movie is and the fact yeah. that they just kill Wenwu off the way they did
0: I like I like the way that they did because it was like he you know he he realized he, he realized he, it's over. I have to just give Shang-Chi the rings. He, like I He I, I realized
1: I did. he was he was in the wrong, but mm-hmm. then Shang-Chi has to go off and fight the dweller in darkness. And yeah, it, that's where my problem is that it should have ended with Wen Wu dying and either sets up the dweller in darkness for something in the future or um mm-hmm. or they just they find another way for him to die, uh, yeah. or just don't kill him off and set him up as a, another protagonist or not a that protagonist, another so antagonist or another antagonist.
0: So, we'll we'll get to to Tony Leong in this, but my goodness, he was incredible. In this, he and I, I was so upset when he died. It's <laughs> like, why did you have to do this to us?
1: I know, I no. know, it's disappointing. And yeah. my my thing is, my other thing is, this is going to sound really bad, but. <laughs> mm. I wanted to like woo so much in this. I love the the character development they gave him. To a point, at a point, it just to me it stops, and he becomes obsessive again mm-hmm. to almost caecilius levels in my, opi- in my opinion. Like it, it became a little too much when
0: like his obsession and like
1: his obsession. Like with he's
0: punching the gate, and these soul sucking creatures are coming are literally out coming out like, of it. There, he's not like oh. Well, that's
1: yeah, that that's he like he doesn't stop until he's literally in the hands of the dweller in darkness mm-hmm. and the soul gets sucked out of him. So that's where it starts to become a little yeah. much a little unbelievable for me, because at a point like I, I, I read that um, this is this is Tony Leon's first uh, American film, believe it or not. First, first Hollywood Ho- film, yep. first Hollywood film. Uh, he's actually he's a Hong Kong film actor, but. Uh, in interviews he's described Wen Wu as a quote sociopath, narcissist, and bigot, but also human and has a family. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we see a lot of that and I love all of it, because he's such a like conflicting villain. But then as you and I just said, once we get we get to the end and he's literally punching the wall to open the gate and can't see what's going on around him, that's where it just becomes unbelievable to me.
0: Yeah, and I think it's you know the the biggest through line of this film is grief, and like the yeah, one oh, yeah. person who held that family together was the the mother, um, Fala mm-hmm. Chen's character, uh, Waco. So she once she passed, it just it all crumbled around the the three remaining members of the family. And I think he just kind of he was so driven by grief that it just there was nothing logical about his actions. Um, and I, I have to kind of assume, and I, I think what could have helped this is if they had, uh, I do, you'll have to remind me if this happened in the film, I apologize, but while he's punching the gate, if his wife comes back into his head at that point, to tell him to keep going, like, keep going. Like I'm still, I'm in here. I'm, you're really, I need your help. Like, I don't think that happened, but that might've helped remember. clarify that for you to see that he's like, still, that might've like, focused happened. on that.
1: I can't remember off the top of my head, but you might yeah. be right. And, yeah, I get that. I get that to an extent. But also when, like, an entire village and your son and your and your daughter are telling you that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's something else behind there we've known about for thousands of years. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> – <laughs> I, and I get, I get where he's coming from as the outsider who – isn't going to believe this village and they're not going to let him in being an outsider so i i get that just to me it just it i'm just <laughs> saying know, like to like, me I, it the felt way like i a look
0: lot. at it yeah i understand the way i look at it is like think of it as uh <laughs> an allegory for like things in america today where like one side is telling the no, other I, side i, I, I completely understand. understand i'm telling I understand you that. A, an evil giant being behind it <laughs> behind this door and and he already hates them, so he's not gonna believe a word that they say, even though they're right. So <laughs> so he just keeps uh punching away at it. But yeah, I, no. I understand that it takes a little bit of like his you know, for a being that's thousands of years old, you think he'd act a little bit more rational when it comes to like unleashing a, a world eating demon dragon <laughs> octopus. <laughs> especially
1: especially when this is a this is a man who developed what's is Is the Ten Reigns considered a terrorist organization still? I mean, they're
0: everything, sort of.
1: Okay, because...
0: A terrorist organization. Because
1: I feel like we didn't get enough of what the Ten Reigns were in this. Because we've always seen them portrayed as terrorists in the MCU, but when it comes to Wen Wu's perspective, he never really says that he is or isn't a terrorist. And he's not going to say he is. But we never really see it from his point of view. We just see it as—I mean—I've amassed power for generations.
0: In the flashbacks, for- we do see them like blowing up buildings and and stuff. So I, I think, I think it's meant to be vague. Like you could—they're a behind-the-scenes organization, so they're not really well aside from when they kidnap Tony. But um, I think maybe there are just kind of different cells of them that operate differently. Like some of them are, you know um More terroristic organizations. Some might be stealing things. Some might be infiltrating governments. Like I, I, that's just the kind of way I thought of it. Is like it's it's just meant to be vague.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And my thing is, uh, I just wanted just a little little yeah. bit more of of just an explanation as to how this organization operates. I we know that fair. we know that he's the leader, and we know that they train in in the mountains but then we don't really get much else other than what you just said that we see just little snippets of their influence over the course of history really. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like uh, at least with say the black widow intro, we at least know like how these girls are brought in brainwashed and then sent out all within the span of two minutes. Right here. It just feels like they were introduced and then all of a sudden, we get like one or two snippets of what they've done in history, and then when mm-hmm. uh, we wants to infiltrate Tao because he's conquered everything else in the world.
0: Yeah. Well, how much wh-
1: power does he truly have if he has conquered everything on Earth? Yeah. Does he have his hand in every government? Does he have his hand in the streets? Does he have his hand, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, in every major corporation on Earth? Who, who does knows? Does he have his like, hand in the hand? In the hand. Oh, God. Please don't <laughs> even start with the hand.
0: Um, while, while we're talking about um, Tony Leung as Wen Wu, I think that might be a good good point to actually start our um, awards segment and start talking through um, start talking through those. So so our our plan for these awards is, you know we're going to go through several different categories, some nominees that we came up with for each, um, and select the winner. We're going to debate debate about them, talk about each nominee, and try to agree on on a winner. Um, after that, you know we're going to record all of, all of our winners and everything, um, and then at the end of the year, we're planning on doing uh, kind of an award show for all of the MCU properties and having um, awards that we give out, you know, across these different properties instead of just keeping them siloed to one. Um, so kind of a year in in retrospect. So that'll be. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, So for this show, our first award is going to be Best Supporting Actor. Um, And for this, we're really defining it as anyone who had kind of a significant role in the film, but was not the title character. So for this, it's everyone aside from Simu Liu. Mm -hmm. So our first nominee, as you might guess, is Tony Leung as the Mandarin. So um, let's just continue our our discussin- discussion of that character. Well, he's not really the Mandarin, I guess, because uh, he never used that name himself. But
1: no, I do. I I do really like his his logic and his uh, and and one Wu's like explanation of all. Oh, well, about a decade ago, there was a, an American terrorist who kind of mm-hmm. took my name and made a caricature of me <laughs> that uh, that was named after chicken dish and America was afraid of an orange. So I, I mean, we're, I'm kind of dipping the toes into another category there, but I, I liked his little like uh, sneer at Iron Man, th- at the Iron Man three logic and the Iron Man three villains um, mm-hmm. for kind of appropriating what he's done.
0: Yeah. I really felt that joke that callback back to Iron Man three was pretty great. Um, I do wish in this scene that they did have a call back to Iron Man one, like capturing Tony and, talking about how the the ten rings played a part in that
1: see that's the stuff i'm looking for whenever i say that we should have had some extension of what or some explanation of what the ten rings is or can't or is perceived as uh because we did get that in iron man one and they were i mean they were portrayed as um as terrorists uh to depending on how you look at it it may or may not have come off as a little racist given the, the 2007, uh, period. Yep. But, um, I would have liked to see just even just like you just said a line of, was that just a cell of the 10 reigns or were they just using the 10 reigns name or was that
0: at the directive of Wen woo <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh yeah, I understand. Did they did they just use the name the same way that Trevor did down the line? And mm-hmm. Killian. Killian,
1: yeah. Trevor yeah. was just a pawn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um so speaking about like the performance of Tony Leung, I thought it was incredible how he's able to convey emotions with his eyes. And oh, he's apparently a- that is uh like his hallmark like if you it is on youtube there's an actual like breakdown of how he's one of the best actors in the world when it comes mm-hmm. to expressing with his eyes
1: yeah he's a great he does great facial expression i right before we went to see this i, I watched uh in the mood for love uh, for the first time believe it or not and i i fell in love with the way that he portrayed his character just mm-hmm. uh, as i mean he's a he's a He's a, basically a wannabe. He's a newspaper editor who uh wants to be a writer and uh his wife is what is it? His wife is cheating on him with the next door neighbor and him and the next door neighbor's wife develop a friendship in it. Uh the the whole the whole idea is for them not to fall into the same patterns that their spouses are. So they uh-huh. develop, they develop this friendship, and you just see it on his face when he starts to fall for her. Yeah, and that, that's all it took for for me to yeah. like start start to feel it that this 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 is a pretty emotional film to to sit through.
0: uh yeah he he just is so expressive, and he was very intimidating when he yeah. when he needed to be, and then you know just to have his expressions basically exchange words without actually exchanging words to Shang-Chi at the end when he's handing him the rings. Right. Like you could, you could Mm -hmm. almost tell what he was saying exactly and what he was thinking in that, in that second. So he, he did an absolutely incredible job in this film. I was so disappointed they killed him off. I know
1: I wanted so much more of him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, evidently they have plans for where to take this franchise next, which we'll, we'll talk about eventually. Hmm. So the next nominee is uh, Aquafina for her role as Katie. I. So what, did, what did you think of her in this?
1: Loved this perform casting and performance. This, <laughs> I was a little hesitant at first, just given how how the side character can always, I, I my my mind always goes to Darcy in these situations, uh-huh. and I'm so happy that they put a. Or there's a a comedian in there who knows when to like knows when when to, when the joke cuts off, when needs to cut off uh-huh. when it's not overly obnoxious or annoying. This I absolutely loved Aquafina as Katie.
0: Yeah, I thought she was great, and she's a huge role in this too, much, too. Yeah, not to talk too much about the the material they gave her as opposed to her actual performance, but you know they for the first act of the film you. You kind of understand why she's there it's like okay mm-hmm. this is the audience stand-in this is the person who's gonna get all the exposition right told to them throughout the film through i mean that came from zha ling it came from shang chi it came from Wen Wu. like everyone is telling aquafina the plot and their backstories you know just so the right. audience can get it but you know they gave her a part to play in the action scenes that isn't just damsel in distress they and gave her lines that were absolutely hilarious, and she delivered them, like, perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a laugh out of so many, so many of her lines. I, I can't even think of one that really even fell flat.
1: None of them which, did.
0: Yeah, which for for a comedic character like this, it can happen, and Marvel has done that. Marvel before.
1: has a pretty bad track record of having a comedic side character, mm-hmm. and this was one of the best, if not the best, that they've yeah. done. And, mm-hmm. and and Aquafina brought a lot to the table with that.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, they they played a softer side to her as well that came out later in the in the film and it felt like her relationship with Shang-Chi was incredibly genuine. Yeah. Um, and
1: I'm I'm glad they didn't make it a, a romantic uh, relationship that they have a platonic yeah. friendship.
0: Yeah, it was refreshing.
1: <laughs> yeah, very.
0: If this movie came out like ten years ago, she would have been the love interest for sure. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> or there definitely Or would have been a love triangle and <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. No, we don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad yep. it was I'm it, it felt like a refreshing take on on
0: uh just a friendship.
1: <laughs> yeah, really.
0: Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, so um and then, you know, her performance later in the movie is awesome as well. Like she has an entire like little subplot with her learning archery. Mm-hmm. Um and they don't they don't portray it as like, you know, she, she is now a pro archer. It's like, no, she just hit that one shot after missing one before, you know, it's like, it, it makes sense. Like I've seen some people criticize saying that her shot with a dragon was like a, a deus ex machina and it came out of the last second, but like they, they did the work to kind of build to that. It wasn't a ton of work to do it, but they still, they still kind of laid the seeds for that shot happening. You know,
1: when it comes to back to the Wen Wu thing, like you got to suspend disbelief at a point, Mm -hmm. and that was it, it was just hard for me to do given how much real human connection and emotion was in this movie. So, that's that was my only problem. And I know you liked it. I that's one thing I don't is that I don't think Aquafine or I don't think I'm sorry, I don't think Katie should have been the one to kill the dweller in darkness, or at least wound him. It should have, mm-hmm. I think you could have gotten a little, just as much of a close to her arc, becoming a, a somewhat of a professional archer in just her on the battlefield. You know, um, I, I think there could have been a way you could have done that where she didn't have to be the one that took out that uh, injured, the dweller in darkness with a Hawkeye <laughs> light shot um, and still haven't made sense.
0: Yeah, I guess the only other character that has, you know, that would have emotional weight behind it is Michelle Yeoh's character, mm-hmm. Zhang Nan. Um, right. I, I, I don't think with the story and where things were, it worked. It would have worked for Zhao Ling to do it. Um, I, I do, I do agree with you though. Well, I well mean, that,
1: like, that that just comes down to the the whole CGI slugfest again. Yeah. I think yeah. I think this is what caused a lot of that to I, uh, To be a problem, if that wasn't I'd, there in the first place, then we would ha- we wouldn't be having this discussion.
0: I do understand your point about like it it isn't necessarily needed for her character arc. Like I didn't feel right. like that really delivered much more for for her character than we already had seen up to that point. So yeah, I I understand that. I was I was just happy that you know they gave her fighting capabilities in the last you know, last act of the film. I thought mm-hmm. it was a smart choice because often characters like that get sidelined and um, that would have been disappointing to see happen again. Yeah. Uh, so our next next nominee is... Uh, so the next uh, nominee we have is Monger Zhang for her role as shang sister, Zhang Ling.
1: And this is her first credited role. Yeah. This is Incredible. her day like, like feature debut, like film debut.
0: Yeah, I mean, every other every other thing she has starred in has been like stage production. Mm-hmm. So this, I mean, she just came out of the blue, and I I thought she really wowed. <laughs> I um I don't know if this is because of the um, audio issues we were having during our viewing, but um I had I felt like they didn't give her enough emotional scenes. I feel like they could have done more to kind of tie her into the story aside from being drugged along with Shang-Chi everywhere.
1: See, I, th- I, I disagree because I I love her character arc in this and going into that final post credit scene. Like even, did you understood it, right? That she became the leader, the leader of yeah. the Ten Rings. Yeah, she became and, the like,
0: leader of the Ten Rings is kind of doing, uh, we, we don't really know exactly what, <laughs> training a right. bunch of of women um to fight and... Or at least having women in her army in a way that her father did To make did it a more, then... to
1: make it a more diversified army, right? Yeah. And I absolutely loved that arc because it plays out in the background very subtly, and it's not until, I mean, I noticed it going, going the whole way through, but it wasn't until then that we finally get closure on that arc, um, mm-hmm. and that she could either come back as a villain or the Ten Rings is in Shawn Chi's corner now. We don't know yet. Um. Right. So I, I absolutely loved that. I I really l- like this character a lot for that reason. I loved her performance of it, of Jolene.
0: Yeah, and, and I understand that. I think my problem was kind of missing some parts in the quieter scenes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that um, was a problem. That was on our end.
0: Yeah, m- most of her um, dialogue does come in like the quieter parts and then I just kind of feel like if they have her just lead a villainous version of the 10 rings, it's very similar to what her father does. I'm going to be disappointed just because I felt like it, her relationship with Shang Chi seemed to improve throughout the, the film. Um, She probably still holds ill will towards him a bit, but Mm -hmm. you know, with him saving her life and everything towards the end and she saved Katie and, um i just kind of feel like they're on better terms mm-hmm. than he and his father were so i i just think he'll be able to kind of convince her to not have the 10 rings be a, a terrorist organization but i don't i don't know what else they would be if not that based on that post credit scene so i think that's kind of where i had problems with the arc is it just felt like not so much the post credit scene came out of nowhere but i was just a little disappointed with how the journey they went through together throughout the, the film to end like that was um, just a little disappointing for me.
1: Yeah. I can understand that. I mean, the, the other people I saw it with, we, I mean, they had seen it already. This was their second viewing as well. And we, we stayed for the per- first post credit scene, because we wanted to, uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but in a little bit, but uh, we just wanted some more, if we could figure out any more detail to that, but we, we left right after that, because, one of them said the the other one's not important. I'm like D- that that actually ends like a whole character arc. How can yeah. you not say it's important?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very important. <laughs> yeah,
1: that one's a pretty important. Maybe it wasn't not important. It was uh, I didn't understand it. Like, well, why don't we why don't we talk about it then? Because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. there's actually some weight to that to that post credit scene,
0: right? Um. But, I mean, as far as Munger Zhang's performance, I, I thought she was awesome. Like, she was so badass. Oh, she <laughs> like was in awesome. in her fight scenes. Um, you know, I thought she really brought the emotion when she needed to, and um, I, it was a great deb- debut, and I definitely want to see more of the character, and I'm glad we're confirmed to be getting more at some point.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah. All right, so next up on our list is michelle yo who played Zhang nan who is the the aunt of the family right
1: she was fine i liked her um mm-hmm. she wasn't given much screen time so it's a little as she did i think she did the best with what she had her training sequence with with sean chi was was really fun yeah it, it was a it was a nice call back to the uh to the fight scene between Wu and, and yin li um and I mean, the cinematography was shot almost exactly the same. The choreography was almost exactly the same. And we also, it's kind of like a three, three-part structure to that, uh, to that fight, because we also get it between Sean chi and Wu when they're out on the rock. Um, uh-huh. So I thought it was interesting. I thought it was neat to have her be, I thought she was a great uh, mentor to Sean chi
0: I think she did a really great job with the exposition of talking about like the Dweller in Darkness and um the the battles that they had fought in Talo in the past. Um it, I thought it was pretty pretty interesting and she did a good job delivering that. And then her relationship with um chi and that that fight scene specifically were were really great scenes. I think you needed kind of an actress of her caliber to deliver some of those.
1: Right. <clears throat> to Br- help it it brings some weight to to the to the film as well, and gives yeah. a little more legitimacy than it already has. Uh, can we can we just sidetrack for a moment here and talk about Talo? Because I think it, I I I want to see more of this world and what what encompasses it. Because this is basically like an Asgard type of world that we're not of realm that we weren't aware of until this point.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, the way they kind of describe it is a bit of like a pocket universe. Like it kind mm-hmm. of exists on its own, and and everyone there is old or immortal I don't we didn't really get clarity on that but they're not exactly human <laughs> I don't um, think
1: they're immortal because we I mean we see them die well yeah or we yeah, see yeah. some they're of the ageless, residents die maybe, and I mean like when we, when we're when we were uh, references that he's lived a thousand hundreds of lifetimes longer than some of the residents there
0: oh, okay yeah all right so they do die of old age yeah um but yeah I just um I I want to see more I mentioned in the preview that one of the biggest things I wanted to see in this film was world building. And I, I think they did a good job kind of introducing it, mm-hmm. but I did want to see them go a little bit further and explaining what Talo is. Like, I know there's the concept of like the seven heavenly cities in the comics. And um one of those is Kunlun. I was just about trait. to say that because
1: uh, I, I was just about to say that because we were talking about this, either, either it was in a podcast or it was off air, but that they they kind of want to keep this, these franchise, this franchise's titles to Shang-Chi and the Legend of Blank, and I think you could do a, a fun uh, crossover or int- reintroduction of uh, Danny Rand and Iron Fist, and have it be either Shang-Chi and the Legend of Kun Lun or the Legend of the Iron Fist, mm-hmm. and kind of introduce Ta- or bring or it- build more of Tao Lo while introducing kunlun
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I want out of a sequel. Not to go too much on a on a tangent here, but I, I want to know more about what this land is because it was so interesting with all of the creatures mm-hmm. that were very distinct. Um, and it just, it, it was really interesting to me. We, you know, it's kind of similar to, you know, you get a hidden world when you were first introduced to Wakanda. There was a hidden world when we we're first introduced to Asgard. And it did, like, give me some of those same vibes. And I, I think to compare it to Black Panther, and I, I don't mean to do this for any reason other than they both introduced kind of brand new worlds. Right. right. Um, but what I'm comparing here is the way that Wakanda almost felt like a character in and of itself. And I get that mm-hmm. most of the movie is set in Wakanda, whereas here's right. just the third act that's in Talo. Right. But I I, I want to see that type of fleshing out for Talo. In the future. And I'm I'm hoping we get, get some more of that.
1: Yeah, I think I think we will. But uh well, speaking of Talo and somebody else's introduction to the to the realm, uh we have Mr. Ben Kingsley up next as Trevor Slattery. Yeah. Un- I mean believable.
0: He was he was incredible. <laughs> I I just really Loved what they did with him, and we'll get to a, a category about the biggest surprise later. But I, I was shocked at the role he had in this. I thought it was going to be a quick cameo, like they walk past a jail cell and there he is. But no, <laughs> yeah. he he is the basically the person that's leading them to talo And even at that point, I was like, okay, well, he got him there. That's his journey's done. He's going to drive the car back or something. But no, he's just there in the final fight. Like, and he's just a resident of Talo now. I think I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that that part's not really explained.
0: I I was fully so, thinking that was going to be the second post credit scene <laughs> with something with him and Morris,
1: or him like teaching the residents how to act.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or maybe none of them can talk to the whatever kind of creature Morris is, <laughs> um, <laughs> except him. That's good. Yeah. that's good. <laughs> uh-huh. But eh, um, who knows?
1: But I I absolutely loved him in this. Uh, is it is it enough to give him a, a a best supporting actor win? I don't think so because I think there are some others here that that beat him. But I I absolutely loved what they did with this character and yeah the fact that he just outright references like oh yeah I was a I was a bad caricature of your father sorry about that the other guy made it up not me. <laughs>
0: did you did you hear the story of how Marvel contacted him to return for this film? I think I have, but it's go so ahead and great. repeat it. So I think it was Destin Daniel Cretton called him and um he was kind of like nervous because, you know, Ben Kingsley is just this this amazing actor. Legend. And and he he called and he was talking to Ben Kingsley and he and Ben said, you know, hold on, I'll have to check and make sure. And he played out like a fake conversation between himself and trevor slattery (laughs) asking trevor if he wants to return for the film like like he was talking to himself and they they said they were really confused on the phone until they realized that he was talking to the character of trevor slattery like it was so meta and it just it's awesome that they got ben kingsley to come back and do what he did in this film it's amazing i just love i love it
1: you could tell he was having fun. He's he's had fun Aww. with this role like 10 years ago yeah. in Iron Man 3. You could tell he had fun with it here. Like, it just yes. he, he knows when to ham it up. Like he is easily one of the best actors of his generation, if not the best, arguably. And you yeah. can tell when he likes to have
0: that. He likes to have fun with some of his roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was super happy with his involvement here. All right, uh, so next on our list and second to last is Fala Chen as Yingli. So she, she had a smaller role um, in this than, than I had expected. I didn't expect her to get killed off you know, in a flashback, sort of. Um, but I thought she did a, a really good job here. And the, the scene between her and young Shang-Chi when, right when that gang came up to to mm-hmm. fight her was really awesome and how she drew upon her powers, but you know, just was outnumbered.
1: So I think one of my biggest problems with this, this isn't talking about Fala Chen's performance, but this is more with the editing of it because it felt like at a point during uh, the final few battles, there were points of tension building and and kind of building the energy up for the fight, but then it would cut back to these flashbacks. And even like even like before then like in the third act at a point like the pace just ground to a screeching halt and then the, the flashback to when Dean Lee died is in there and i appreciated that but i felt like you try to cut some other stuff so th- this didn't feel like we were at a at a complete halt in the pace of the
0: yeah either. i i understand that mm-hmm.
1: okay in the pace of the film itself um yeah there so... were there
0: were a lot of flashbacks throughout the entire film and, it and was... i th- and I thought it
1: was and I thought it was odd that they would kill off Yin Lee in a flashback off screen. We just see Sean Chi's um, reaction reaction to it. We don't see her actually die and that I'm fine with that. And I'm fine, but I feel like there would have been a much more interesting battle there with her against the Iron Gang, as I think yeah. they called themselves.
0: Mm-hmm yeah I understand that I think it probably was budgetary reasons probably <laughs> it's one less fight scene to choreograph but yeah I, I understand
1: and I loved her I loved her performance in this especially since a lot of it a lot of it was physical in either the training of Shang-Chi or even the fight with Wenwu um, I think she was fantastic with what she had to do
0: yeah agreed uh, and then our last nominee is Morris as Morris <laughs>
1: What a pro! What a boy! What a pro!
0: What a pro! All right, so let's let's select our our winner from this. Um, for me personally, it came down to Tony Leung and Aquafina, and it really wasn't hard for me to choose Tony Leung here. <laughs> I, I thought he was just incredible. Um, one of the best villains we've seen in the MCU to this point, I would argue. You know, top three or four, um, in in terms of performance performances goes and character depth um but yeah that uh, i i would choose tony Leung as when woo
1: see i am stuck between tony leon and um Moner john being that this is her being a this is his american debut and her film debut i think they both brought a lot to the table that made their characters memorable um They both gave very physical performances that you could just see on the characters that, um, what they were thinking and what they were going through. Um, and I, I really don't know which of the two to pick between, uh, Aquafina is a very close third for me, just given what the Mm -hmm. character of Katie is supposed to be, but, and how Aquafina basically embodies that character. But, I I'm torn on this one between. The, S- go
0: ahead. See, for me, and I'm not saying in any way that Munger Zhang is replaceable in this film or anything like that. Um, but I don't think you can do this movie without Tony well, Young. Well, like, originally,
1: I, originally Donnie Yen was supposed to be one, or he was considered for one. Woo.
0: Yeah. But even then, I think I can't. I think I, that would have worked just it as could well, work, but it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same.
1: It, you're right. It probably wouldn't be the same because Donnie Yen's a more physical, um, more martial arts uh, inspired, as opposed to uh, having a more dramatic presence. Tony Leon is known for more car wise stuff. Okay, it's it less action oriented, but so. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> like, right. You do, I do don't have a point.
0: Want anyone but Tony Leung in that role.
1: No, you have a point, and uh, I think. Oh, I'm gritting my teeth on that one, but I... I, I as... feel
0: like the if, if you want to give it to Munger Zhang as like a, you know, this is amazing because it was your first performance and not so much because of the performance in relation to some of the other performances in this film. Sorry, I just said the word performance a lot, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I think you have to, I think it has to be Tony Leung. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think so at this point too. So we're gonna, we're going to give it to Tony Leon.
0: Well. And she'll she'll have her do. This is his one and done.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: It's a lifetime achievement award. Our first award we give out. <laughs> 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 yep.
1: Oh my.
0: All right. So our best supporting actor goes to Tony Leong as Wen Wu. And I think we should take a second to to talk about Simu Liu as well. I mean, we don't have a category to call him out, but um, he was so charismatic and it, it just came out in every line, every scene he's in. Um, you could tell he was doing his own stunt work because it was, they didn't have to cut away from his face during certain scenes. And, you know, the no. cuts weren't weird during the fight scenes. Um And his chemistry with every single character was just off the charts. And a lot of that credit goes to them, but him as well. I mean, uh, this this guy is a breakout star.
1: This guy is a star. And I mean, we just we've talked about Tim's convenience a couple times on the show. And I mean, he was he was well known on there. But this is this is definitely like this is his role. I could not see anybody else as Sean Chi after this. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. This doesn't work without him. He's very charismatic, even like outside of like, even just on the red carpet or even his tweets are like, extremely fun and charismatic. The fact Mm -hmm. that he was a, an accountant turned, uh, stock or stock model to stock photo model to TV actor to now in the MCU, just absolutely amazes me. What, what the the journey this guy has gone on to Mm -hmm. wind up where he is. I'll, and I I'll love,
0: say this Go ahead.
1: I love the fact that once the movie started breaking box office records during the pandemic, he started tweeting out the stock photos that he's in laughing at a computer saying that this is this is to all the yeah. people who said we wouldn't do well.
0: So good. So good. <laughs> and I I will say I'm terrified for when we do our like year-end year, end, year in review Ooh. and we have to decide between Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, <laughs> Anthony Mackey, Sebastian Stan, Tom Hiddleston, Simu Lou, Scarlett Johansson. Oh god, what else do we even have? I don't know who how we'll Tom. do it for Eternals because <laughs> it's an ensemble. Um <laughs> Tom Holland. Yeah. Benedict
1: Cumberbatch, Tom Tom Holland,
0: Jeremy Ryan, Alfred Molina, Haley Steinfeld. Jesus. Best. Best lead actor. It, it's gonna ah. be
1: yeah, gonna be it's tough. gonna be
0: fun. I'm I'm excited for that. But yeah, I mean just to, for Simulu to be in the conversation in that among those names right after his first performance is just amazing. And I, I think he's did everything to deserve that in this.
1: Not not to mention we're we're getting into fights best fight uh scene nets, but not to mention he's also before the movie started filming, he was very knowledgeable in Taekwondo, gymnastics, and Wing Chun. And for the during filming, he trained in Tai Chi, Wushu, Mai Thai, Pancakes a lot, Krav yeah. Maga, Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, and street fighting. Like this guy, mm-hmm. tra- is trained with the best.
0: Yeah, and he was an actual <laughs> stunt man. <laughs> so, yeah, like he actually like, this. Yeah, he's
1: he's been around the block. He knows what he's talking about. and Knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Marvel's paying a big insurance policy on him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But yeah, as as you mentioned, our our next category is best fight scene. Um, so why don't you? Uh, well, we'll t- we'll talk about our first nominee. So we'll go kind of in chronological order for the film. Um, the first is the the fight scene between um, Wenwu and Yingli and Talo in 1996
1: yeah and this was interesting because it was very um it was very much done in like the crouching tiger hidden dragon uh style i forget what the style of fighting that's called in in kung fu movies uh i don't want to say the wrong name so i'm maybe gonna try and guess but it was very creative it was almost like a a, a dance between them that played out very uh beautifully um it was probably the most refreshing th- fight I've seen in the MCU in a long time.
0: Yeah, that's like the exact feeling I had watching it. Like it, it just, it didn't feel like a retread. That this is the point where watching it, I was like, oh, this movie is doing something different.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's wearing its influences on its sleeve.
0: Yeah, and for me, I know we're only on the first nominee, but this is actually, I think. And I may change my mind as we go through this, but I think this is my my favorite fight scene. I would I would pick this as the best fight sequence. Just because I mean it lays the foundation for the entire film. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the entire plot revolves around their their love for each other and their you know it involves it revolves around you buying the grief that Wen Wu feels and you can feel the passion between the two of them in this scene and just a to make an entire love story kind of play out over a fight was just brilliant, mm-hmm. and it was just so entertaining to watch. And I thought it was just so unique. Not to mention the the effects and you know getting an idea of what the rings can do and showing that Ying Li is able to kind of control the rings and beat Wen Wu at his own game kind of foreshadows uh, Shang Chi's fight with him later in the film.
1: Right. Oh, definitely. So then we have the bus scene after that, uh, which I thought was very fun to watch. And there's that there's actually some historical significance to that bus scene, believe it or not. Oh, uh, really? I was reading reading before we started recording, and it turns out that the um I, I don't I didn't fully understand all of the details, just I kind of just skimmed the article. But um the bus route that they were on, or at least the fact that they were fighting on a bus in San Francisco. Uh, it's kind of an a, an homage and a um a nod to some of the advocates of Chinatown in the '60s and '70s who fought for a a bus route that would actually connect Chinatown to the rest of San Francisco, and like even oh. even even like the tunnel that they went through, there was a lot of advocacy to make that a safer tunnel. Once a pedestrian was killed because it wasn't lit properly, so I mean it wasn't an accident in the way that they. The, or why they decided to fight on a bus in downtown San Francisco. That's now, really cool. It's not the cool. it, it, it's not the it, it's not the exact route that that, that bus takes, um, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a nod at least.
0: Very neat. Did not know that. Um, um,
1: but I I love the way this was edited together. Everything was done in, in brief, long takes. Uh, this was done in a very Jackie Chan style. Chore- had very Jackie Chan style choreography to it, and. I think they even used Jackie Chan's stunt team for this one specifically. Um, It was just fun and entertaining.
0: Yeah, and I thought it was the best choreographed fight. Um, It it depends on what you're looking for in the fight. Like, I I thought this one kind of didn't have a ton of emotion in it, you know, like we get in in some of the later fights when more of the main characters are involved. But It It does, though, to an extent. Yeah, because
1: because because Sean at this point Sean doesn't want to get involved until Katie gets hurt. That's what that's what springs him to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it it does kick off the fight with emotion, but at the same time, like the people he's fighting against, like uh, I'll just say it now, Razor Fist was a dud for me. He was bad. I I didn't like him in this. I I mean, he, he did not need to be in there. Like his no. His knife hand wasn't cool or very entertaining. <laughs> no, like, his character was just bland, and they they did give him a little bit of like fun play later, and when they drive the Razor Fist car, it was like it was kind of funny, but at the same time, it just didn't make up for that. I thought he he just kind of sucked in this. It looked like they just grabbed some big guy off the street <laughs> to throw into this. Um, <laughs> I I would have rather seen the Death Dealer here. <laughs> Because I thought that character yeah. actually had a cool design and you know had some backstory with Shang Chi, whereas Razor Fist kind of just was eh.
1: a generic uh, yeah. side sidekick or side villain. Yeah,
0: not not the best. Um, so that that's what knocks this scene down for me a little bit. But the tension in the action was really cool,
1: <laughs> and mm-hmm.
0: the just the actual fight scenes with you know Shang ducking underneath every uh, the Razor Fist and. <laughs> the bus splitting in half and being sandwiched between the garbage truck. And it was just really, really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so the next one would be is the underground the... fight ring.
1: Yes. And this, are we talking both fights in here or just Zhaoling um, and Sean Chi? I
0: think, I think we should just talk Ling and Sean Chi. Okay. even though it's kind of a quick fight yeah um, just they because both are, it's actually. different participants
1: yeah, that's fair um yeah, I would say that i mean it was a, it was fun it was very short lived and it basically was just there to bring the two of them together mm. and show that he won't he won't outright attack her given that their relationship um even though she's not afraid to uh to say f you for leaving me when or yeah. when I was supposed to or when you left me with basically what was a monster and an abuser for fifteen years. So uh, it it this was more I think to develop Jean Lane mm-hmm. Lane than it was to actually give any sort of um, entertainment value out of the fight itself.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I I, I appreciate it from the standpoint as of getting this one-on-one just straight up martial arts fight like there's no Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean shang chi doesn't really fight back but at the same time there's no um there's no magic rings involved you're not fighting on a bus they're just in a fighting ring (laughs) right going hand to hand so i thought that was that was cool
1: yeah, I would, I, I, would agree to that, and I mean, this kind of felt like uh, just a regular uh, Bruce Lee type fighter. There, there was some John mm-hmm. Woo influence in there as well, but, um, yeah, the, to your point, just felt like a regular fight between two individuals, mm-hmm. unpowered individuals. Uh, so after that, we get the scaffolding fight, which I think is one of the contenders for for the winner
0: of this award. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I had a lot of fun with this and the fact that, again, it was done in very long takes. There's the one there's the take, There's the shot where he's running from one side of the scaffolding all the way to the other to catch Katie before she falls. Just just like left my jaw on the floor for 10 seconds. Yeah, they, they, they actually went through with it. I was hoping they would and they did it. There's some there's some old boy to that. So there's a little bit of Bon Joon Ho. Uh, I I absolutely.
0: Yeah, it was really it was really fun and really like exhilarating. I my um, biggest downside is like the, the Katie stuff in it. Like it just felt a little too much like she was the damsel in distress. But I mean, she was getting kind of just like thrown around between all the different groups. Um, or I'm sorry, that
1: wasn't Bonju No, that was Park Chan-wook. Uh, I'm oh, sorry, okay. that was that was my no mistake.
0: No worries. Um, so I, I think that's what knocks it down for me a little bit. But it was the best use of like a set for a fight in the film. Yeah. I think, like just the the set work and <laughs> how how it all flowed from top to bottom of the scaffolding was so cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I I could have sat and watched another like 20 minutes of that fight alone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, same
1: um then we have then we go a long stretch without any fights and i think that's where my editing problems come in that we did all mm. these fights front loaded then we did all the family drama stuff and then we get more fights at the end so we yeah. really don't have a huge fight scene until tallow at the end
0: wow that's crazy
1: if you really think about it
0: yeah you're right
1: um and that's present day i wasn't wasn't too crazy about that one in general just because it, it just turned into a massive. Crowd fighting each other. Mm-hmm. There were some cool moments in it, but I didn't yeah. get much out of it.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the best. I mean, the heart of it is the Wen Wu and Shang Chi conflict. Yeah, for this and, and the the Great Protector, we have that kind of separate. Right. Separate reason.
1: All right. So next would be the Wen Wu and Shang Chi final fights. Uh, there's the one before they cross the water and then the one once they get across and they're in front of the door to the dweller yep. in darkness and these are done <laughs> in the style of uh, Steve- Stephen Chow movies so it'd be Shaolin Soccer and Kung Fu Hustle which we see a poster of at one point uh, but it's just really overhyped or not overhyped but like blown out of proportion it's just um, like over animated and it's just in your face fun Um yeah there was a there's there's a little bit of dragon ball influence in that as well oh yeah for sure <laughs> i mean this, they this
0: entire third act felt so anime to me it did that's what saved it for me though because like when i when i look at um something like black panther that its use in the of cg in the in the um Third act. Third act was more focused on like realism to an extent. Mm-hmm. It it just felt like that CGI kind of fell flat and compared to this, which was just going like it, it's so. I I think it was in the um, <laughs> I think it was in the pitch meeting, the screen ramp pitch meeting. I don't know if anybody watches those, but um, they mentioned that you know how do we make this this last act like one of the most colorful things we've seen, but also completely gray. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I felt that. Like, it was very, it was so colorful and so over the top. And the use of color when they did use it for the, you know, the soul-sucking beams and the rings, the difference in the rings, was really cool. Um, and just the power sets of Shang-Chi and Wu just felt so much like an anime to me. Especially when Shang's, like, in the air, like, doing his kung fu moves or the moves that he learned from his mother to like power the rings up and mm-hmm. blow up the dweller in darkness but well, i specifically mean specifically to i mean Chi and Wen
1: Wu, talked about how he's a uh, how he's a fan of dragon ball and i mean they even outright mentioned the kamehameha energy <laughs> at one point yeah um so yeah i i think that Uh, for uh, when it comes to cg marvel has this problem with the uncanny valley of making things look as realistic as possible Mm -hmm. this is one of the first times i've seen something where they just said f it we're gonna make it as anime as possible (laughs) yeah
0: it was freaking cool like i I was was just so hyped up when they're fighting each other and just the use of the rings and how they each use the rings differently like shang chi almost uses them as like a a shield sort of like they flow around mm-hmm. him and he uses them like kind of one by one. And then when woo, it's basically like a whip most of the mm-hmm. time type thing. And it, it was just so, so unique. Um felt
1: like, um, it felt like when we were younger playing video games, it felt like an actual, like final boss battle yeah. where they're like trading blows with, with, with uh-huh. the items that they're fighting over. Yeah. Um, so,
0: and, and I loved Shang-Chi charging up for the Kamehameha wave and then just throwing the rings to the side. Like that was the perfect way to end the, mm-hmm. And the film, you know, with the, oh, especially the through line of him, you know, being a killer for his father and then mm-hmm. his father wanting him to be a killer. And then he refuses to do it when he has the ability to. And then the last one is kind of the the overall battle going on around Wu and Shang-Chi and after their conflict ends um, between the Great Protector and the Dweller in Darkness and, you know, the good and bad armies.
1: Right. And I mean, we've we've talked about this already a yeah. little bit, and it's a it's a great idea. I just don't think it was the right place to put it. I think that, I mean, I might just be misreading it, but I think that the that belongs in either another movie or it belonged just somewhere else in here that wasn't directly connected to Wenwu.
0: Yeah, I think for me, maybe the way it works is, like, if Wu realizes the error of his ways, helps shang defeat the dragons, and then... Then we have the emotional standoff right. between Wen Wu and Shang-Chi. Like, I, I think that probably works better because it felt like we weren't invested that much in another world ending threat. It's like we've had those so many times. It's like, and we just had a multiversal threat with the TVA and Loki. So it's like, you know, we look at this and it's like, okay, you resolve the emotional conflict, and now we, you know, have to have the. Gratuitous <laughs> CGI battle. world ending. What I did appreciate with it is the over the topness of it and their willing willingness to commit to it. Because the Avengers halfway, level threat. Yeah, if they went halfway with it, it kind of would have been weak. You know, they, they I mean, to have Shang Chi, like I said, in the air throwing the rings into the dragon's belly and then like exploding <laughs> it. I was like, yep, okay, I mean, it's worth it for me. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I get it. It was it was just so hype. <laughs>
1: So out of all of those options, what would you say is is the best? I, I'm stuck between Talo in 96, the bus scene, and probably uh Sean-Chi and Wenwu's final fights.
0: Yeah. As much as I love the, the scaffold
1: as much as I love the scaffolding one, I just, uh, that's tough. I per going between those three, I might have to go between Talo ninety-six and wen woo and Sean-Chi. And they're both just so great because the that, that 96 one felt so refreshing I and know. new. And Dave, there was a whole story told in that five minutes.
0: That's what I liked so much about it is it, it just it saved them from having to tell you their love story via like exposition or flashback sequences like they, they did it in such a creative way. I think I would choose that, but I feel like as far as the actual fights go. The Wen Wu Shang Chi fight at the end does the action better, but that wasn't the point of the first fight. So, but Ooh, even so, there's great so character.
1: De- there's some great character development in that in that final fight because that's when Shang Chi decides not to kill his dad in the
0: yeah. end. Right
1: after everything he's been through, you realized. And I mean, when Wu even says right before they start, is that you can't or was it you're not a, or you should be afraid of me or you, you can't take me or whatever it is. And like, he proves that he can take him. And Sean Chi at one point says, this is what you wanted. You wanted me as a killer.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think I'm going to give it to the Wen Wu and Shang-Chi fight just because we get that character development. We get those big moments, but it's also broken up into kind of like two separate fights like Shuang Chi yeah. almost goes on like the hero's journey over the course of <laughs> two different fights. Yeah, you have a point like, there. You like, do have uh, a point there. Man, it's it's tough, but I, I think I would give it to that final those final two fights.
1: I ha- I think I have to as well, because that that easily could be a short film in and of itself of yeah. him of him walking in, seeing his dad, and then from there is where from there until when Woo dies mm-hmm. could be easily a ten or fifteen minute sequence you'd watch on its own. And everything still made sense.
0: Mm-hmm. One one tiny criticism I have during the last um, in between these fights when he's in the water um, is he kind of has that like flashback moment to his throughout his past, like going back to a couple different moments, and it, it really reminded me like too much of what they did with Captain Marvel, like right before she hit her <laughs> yeah. power, like she's like floating there and experiencing flashbacks and then she's like <laughs> powered up to her full strength and it was like the same exact thing here <laughs> that's but a little it, 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 it it so it's similar but
1: yeah it's similar it's a similar criticism but they both have different meanings i think that yeah Ch- chapter marvels has a whole different uh weight to it that mm-hmm. we're not changing right. into here um uh, but i i think i think it is a, a valid criticism here um that i mean we we understand this is like the third or fourth time that we've seen Sean chi's upbringing in a flashback Mm -hmm. over and over again so i yeah i i get where you're coming from
0: yeah i feel like we could have got it without actually seeing the flashbacks (laughs) like we've seen enough of them we understand and and, and say motivations and
1: yeah and like whenever he decides not to um whenever he decides to take on one woo like he it flashes back to his mom showing him how to like how to control the reins. And I think we would have been able to piece together that she ended up teaching him that from her training, from her training Mm -hmm. him in another flashback, Mm -hmm. especially since she's the one that did it in the first place. I don't think we needed another reminder that, Oh yeah, she did it. She's the one that taught him. That's how he knows how to do it.
0: Right. Yep. So, I mean, uh, regardless of that, I'm still going with the final fight between Shang-Chi and Wenwu.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say so as well.
0: Okay, let's put that up there as our and, winner.
1: And the, that that Tallow fight just comes in slightly. Bol- I I they're touching.
0: hmm Yeah, very close, <laughs> very close. All right, so our next category is best line. Um, so our first our first nominee is kind of uh, I don't want to say a cheat, but this this line only had this translation in. Uh, mandarin actually so when they first get to talo and when wu th- when when wu first gets to talo and he threatens the village elder um in the american version he basically says or in the english version he says basically like um i've lived a thousand more lifetimes than you or something like that mm-hmm. but in mandarin that actually translates to kids show some respect when you talk to me i've eaten more salt than you've eaten rice in your entire life jeez and i like that that's i wish they would have kept that translation in there in the english version because i think that's... it's a really powerful line and especially because he when we looks a lot younger than that guy so he's calling a yeah. kid and like just disrespe- like it's just awesome loved it
1: that I think that wins automatically. Just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize um, that's that's what that line was referring to when you yeah. typed it out in our in our spreadsheet. I like that. Yeah. Um the one I put in was from Trevor Slattery. Uh this was just kind of a joke line, but it was when they when he was laying on the ground and Morris comes up to like made sure he's okay, looks at him, just says, Oh, it's just a performance. I'm not really dead and yeah. Morris turns over and plays dead too. That's um I'm trying I'm kind of paraphrasing with that, but yeah, yeah. um, just I, I can't find the actual line, but I thought it was just a just something funny to throw in here,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and then the third nominee is um when they're talking about Trevor Slattery as a matter of fact, and uh Wen Wu says he gave his figurehead the name of a chicken dish. it worked, America was afraid of an orange I that, that <laughs> so good. i
1: think I think what we can what we can agree on here is that they gave. Uh, Tony Leon and, and Wu the best lines in <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> I would say.
0: I would say. But um, I.
1: Oh wow! I gotta. Well, that's that's tough because that that first one is it technically a line, even though it's not the even though it's not the correct translation.
0: I. I mean, it is the correct translation. The or I'm sorry, it English is the correct translation. Is an incorrect but, translation. <laughs> oh, that's so, so tough. I mean, that's actually what he says because he says the line in Mandarin and that's what it translates to but the subtitles were translated to the, so i think it counts
1: yeah you have yeah that's true i think it can,
0: if it was the other way around and they you know he said the other thing that they it was translated to this in the, the different language subtitle but this is actually the line he says so um i i mean based on the other ones <laughs> we have i think it's pretty clear if the only thing is is if it's up in the air in terms of like legality for the category if we care about that. But I, I, I think that line's an all timer, honestly.
1: Yeah, that's that's a pretty <laughs> good that's a really good comeback and a really good diss If I've eaten yeah. more salt than you've eaten rice in your entire life. <laughs> and yeah. just coming from a legend like Leon himself yeah. just adds to it. Uh I don't know. That I I'd like the that um that Mandarin one just sticks with me though. It is good. It, that's a pretty good reference that he just he just basically said America's dumb without <laughs> yeah <laughs> without even thinking about it. They gave me the name Mandarin <laughs> and mm-hmm. America was afraid of an orange. I mean, there's there's a, there could all, you could argue that there's a little subtext there. It's a little diss at yeah. former <laughs> yeah, figurehead, so. yeah. but um, no, I I think I go to go with the rice line all on right. that. Let's do it
0: that Let's is our best it. line. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh next award is biggest laugh. Our nominees uh the first one is the recurring joke of you know we could do that or and then cut the karaoke. Um I it made me laugh the first time but the second time with Wong. Perfect. Oh. Oh, we're going to get perfect.
1: to Wong. We're we're going to get to Wong, don't you worry.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was just the perfect setup for that for that joke and it it paid off so well and that that's what i'm gonna select like we'll we'll talk about the other things but i i loved (laughs) i loved the cut to wong doing karaoke with them because it was just a couple levels of unexpected like the first unexpected thing is they're gonna cut to shang and katie doing it but to see wong there as well it's like wong just parties man Like he's just had enough of like whatever he's got to (laughs) do. He's done saving the world for a few hours. Weird. We'll talk about Wong, but um, yeah, I I love that. I love that cut.
1: Um, and that that really played into what I've noticed is what I felt like this is like the first truly millennial uh, entry to into this, and I feel like that's something like us is like as like late millennials would do (laughs) well (laughs) well we could be responsible or we could stay up late (laughs) recording a podcast before we have to work the next day very true (laughs) (laughs)
0: um
1: but yeah i thought that was a pretty good bit Mm -hmm. um the hotel california uh recurring joke that aquafina had and katie kept repeating uh it was funny uh but i wouldn't say it was one of the best
0: yeah i think that's fair
1: Mm-hmm. um but then my my entry was and i'm picking this is trevor's uh Planet of the apes bit that yeah. just i lost it because i couldn't hear it the first time that we that we saw mm-hmm. it and the set when i saw it in a the theater i lost it
0: yeah i, the, I think the, that the mon- was really great
1: the monkeys on horses just killed me yeah. <laughs> he, he still believed to this day that they were real monkeys. I am willing <laughs> to concede on that one. That <laughs> so and then he I mean at a point he says, um what is it? Oh, if those if those monkeys can be on those horses, imagine what I can do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: I I gotta straight up go with that one. Especially because uh in an inter in an interview, um with David Callahan, uh who was the main screenwriter on this. Um he's the one that's done all of the uh all of the blockbusters uh in like in the past year. <laughs> they just mm-hmm. all happened to release this year. But he um he said that when he sat down to write and try to write out some of Trevor's lines, that was probably the best thing he's ever he's thinks he's ever written. Yeah. And he he when he said when he sat down to write it he couldn't stop laughing at it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm I'm willing to go with that one. I love okay. that one. I thought it was hilarious. Let's do it. Okay. So next up we've got the Fury Award. Um, and this one is going out to the best cameo from kind of the extended MCU, or I guess however we want to define cameo. You know, I, I would consider something like Hasselhoff's appearance in <laughs> in Guardians Volume two, uh, to to qualify for this category. But but really, um, I mean, in this in this movie, all of the cameos kind of revolved around Wong in one way or another, right? Yeah, him being a cameo himself.
1: Right. So our our main nominees that we have for best cameo would be the Abomination, Wong, Captain Marvel, and Bruce Banner. Um, we haven't really touched on the post credit scenes too much, but uh, it was nice to see uh, Brie Larson and Mark Ruffalo come back as their characters. And we I talked about this a couple times that. This would have been the first major, or I'm sorry, the first, like, uh, major release that uh, Crenton has done without Brie Larson. And, I mean, we got her in the post-credit scene, so it only made sense that she would have a tie-in somewhere.
0: Yeah, we had mentioned that in our preview. Like, do you think Brie Larson sneaks into this movie in one way or another? And, yep, she did.
1: And I have to imagine she had a hand in helping get his name in the
0: door. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if anything, you know, they probably did an extensive research, um, on Brie Larthen herself and would have had to have come across Destin Daniel Cretton's films, so it right. probably was just a natural, natural development, but yeah, that, that post credit scene specifically was really interesting, um, I mean, I, I like the tease of setting up some sort of sequel of Round Shang-Chi and the Rings again, um, I don't know who they would be calling out to, I guess maybe Fin Fang Foom or you know the the McLuhan Dragon race <laughs> that that own the rings in the comics. It's the only thing that really jumps to the front of my mind or
1: what was the, what was the way they described the, the signal as something that wasn't coming from their dimension,
0: was it? I don't know if they specifically said that. um it would make sense if it if the ring's tied to like a pocket dimension like Talos. But I also, I know they had, you know, Wong was ruling out the mystic, that it was something Mm -hmm. mystic. Carol said she never encountered anything like it in space. Um, And then Ruffalo was, I guess, earthly. Banner, Ruffalo. (laughs) Banner (laughs) was, was, yeah. Just
1: clueless about the whole thing. Um, Yes, part of me wonders if this is, and this was my theory watching out of it the second time, is this the event that triggers? Um, is this does all of this version of Shawn Chi take place in another or no? I guess the snap happens. Never mind. Never mind. I, I take back what my theory was going to be because my, <laughs> my, my theory was that the um, <clears throat> this is in a, another part of the multiverse where the snap did not happen. Uh, and this is what sets off the events of Eternals in this version of the universe.
0: Oh, I see what you mean,
1: but. Uh, I mean, it's outright referenced at one point that uh, that people can disappear at any point, and mm-hmm. even in the background of one or the on in one shot when um, when Sean she's is walking into Katie's apartment or her family's apartment, the camera lingers on a sign that says "Was it post blip, post blip stress disorder?" Or it, it's about a, yeah. uh, a a community group that helps uh similar those, to what like,
0: like steve rogers ran in endgame r- right so mm-hmm. i mean
1: the so this is a post blip world still yep
0: yeah and even in the eternals trailer they reference thanos um well that's what i mean, mean that this would mm-hmm. just be
1: a different version of that i see what you mean like the events still take place in that universe but instead of them saying thanos it's um there was in a burst of energy somewhere that we're not aware of i i don't know mm-hmm. i was just I trying to speculate yeah. there Um, but I, and even Juan, yeah, you said, you mentioned that Juan doesn't even know what it is. I, I personally think this is like, I'm, I'm so happy that we're getting so much more Juan here.
0: Yeah, me too. (laughs) He's awesome. I mean, I, I mean, our, our our fury award goes to wong right yeah I definitely
1: mean, <laughs> oh there's no doubt
0: about it i i would if they didn't show abomination in trailers i might have argued for that just because it would have been such a huge surprise and like completely out of left field um you know but wong really was Shined. just yeah in just such a limited <laughs> screen time it was awesome
1: well i mean all we get of him is him in the fight ring and it turns out he's like this underground superstar of like this of this fight ring yeah. like he he wins everyone's chanting his name yeah so, and he, like, I mean,
0: he's and he's breaking it looks like he's breaking abomination out of the raft to do this and they're yeah. like sparring partners like i don't i, <laughs> I want to know what's going on there i hope we get some some, <laughs> some uh some contest is he rehabbing him is uh, I, I don't know i mean he so, like, genuinely is this... was training him like giving him so, advice
1: so is this Juan's way of like de-stressing from dealing with steven all day it so could he just be. goes to this underground fight ring and trains the Abomination on how to fight yeah. properly.
0: Weird stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to know. I want to know, but I don't. <laughs> One other really interesting thing about this post-credits scene was Banner being back in human form. In Bruce Banner form. No Professor Hulk. Right. Um, but he still had his arm in a sling, which to me was you know, indicative of his arm being jacked up after the snap mm-hmm. um so i wonder i wonder what's going on there that he just decide to go back to regular banner was it a result of you know something we're going to see in she hulk like maybe in donating his blood to save jennifer walter's life ends up reverting him back to bruce mm-hmm. um i don't i don't know it's it's hard to say i mean it seemed like his journey was pretty complete in endgame like i didn't know where they would go from there um i can only kind of hope that him being back in banner form means we're going to get more hulk down the line i hope like actual regular incredible hulk
1: (laughs) i hope they get that resolved with universal where they can just finally release a hulk movie that uh that centers on ruffalo's version of banner Mm -hmm. and his version of the hulk um because yeah, so far I we've mean, only we've only seen it played out in what the first Avengers, Age of Ultron, Ragnarok, and um, Endgame, Infinity War, and Endgame, right? Yeah,
0: just for the beginning of yeah, right. Yeah, and they they played his arc out over all those movies, and I mean to be if I'm being honest with you, the only reason I want the Incredible Hulk back and not Professor Hulk is we're getting Wolverine at some point, and yeah. they're going to give us like Hulk versus Wolverine, like that's one of the like classic fan fiction mashups and they, they've they done right. comics on it before and um and another one would be Hulk and the thing once the Fantastic Four introduced. Like I, I just feel like we have to get those. Like we're we're owed them as fans, I think. <laughs> so I, I want it. I think you could combine
1: Professor Hulk and the Incredible Hulk to an extent that like they've they've come to reconcile with each other where um Hulk knows when or is not capable, but he is mentally stable enough to the point where he knows when he can transform and Bruce can, is able to transform into the Hulk whenever he needs. Right. Like they, this is, this is them reconciled reconciled at this point. Mm-hmm. Whereas end game, they kind of live with each other and it's all, it's almost as if, Infinity War, they were roommates who were fighting with each other. Endgame, they were roommates who are st- starting to get along with each other. Now they're living on their own in separate worlds, but now they just come and go as they as they need. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that would make sense. Um, it it definitely is just kind of weird to throw in there. I mean, they never explicitly said he can't just turn back from Professor Hulk into Bruce Banner at will. Um, but I didn't get the sense from his character that he would do that. So I I think it's either what you're saying um you know they they came to an agreement of sorts or they something that causes she hulk's transformation caused bruce to revert or Mm -hmm. the third thing would be that the snap like drained the gamma radiation from him or something and just turned him back to regular bruce
1: well he was still um he was still hulk in the in the fight at the end wasn't he
0: yeah, I was just thinking like a slower drain. Oh, you know what I, I mean? Like not mean. not instant, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I I mean overall, I think there has to be something there with Banner. It's something they explain. My guess is in she hawk since he's showing there. Um, but at the end of the day, it could have just been to cut budget.
1: <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> don't yeah, that's have true them too. anymore.
0: At least not, you know, every appearance and every line he has. They don't have to animate him, but
1: I mean they put so much CGI or so much of their of their CGI and visual effects budgets into that final fight that that might be a good reason why it uh, it didn't happen. But yeah. um I mean it's fun to speculate on that too. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's what the um if that's what it is.
0: I also really like the joke, um when Carol's like well, if you need me, Bruce has my number. And then she goes away. And he was like, I don't have her number. number. <laughs> just great delivery. And I, I like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's fun to, we talked about Captain Marvel before, but like, I just want to see more of Carol Danvers as Carol Danvers and not the mind wiped version that we saw in the first film. Yeah. So like all that personality, I, I really, uh, I don't know. I liked, I liked her characterization in this short scene a lot. Need more of it. Need more of it. So our, our next award, uh, after Wong took the Fury, the first first ever Fury Award goes to Wong. <laughs> uh, the next award we have is best Easter egg. Um, so this we kind of are defining as it could be a Marvel-related Easter egg. It could be um, an Easter egg relating to another piece of pop culture or cinema or really anything. Um, so... Jared, why don't you run through the nominees that we have for Best Easter Egg?
1: So we have the Extremis Soldier and Black Widow fight in the underground fight ring. Uh, we have the movie posters and music posters in Shang-Chi's apartment. There was a Kung Fu Hustle poster, a Warriors poster, and then a, an Outcast Stankonia poster <laughs> as well. Um, I mentioned this before, but we had the, uh, the bus route that that uh the fight took place on uh, it has some historical significance to um to some of the activists that kind of took pl- or kind of helped get that bus route opened for Chinatown to open up to the rest of the San Francisco area and then the last one this one I I thought I recognized them but I, I just wanted to make sure um it's that cherry as clev so uh he was the guy on the bus that was doing the live stream of the fight and saying that, oh, I did martial arts. I'm gonna grade. I'm gonna grade their performance and see how this goes. But he was also the the hot dog guy in Spider Man Homecoming, the uh, the do a flip guy yep. from from down on the street. Street. So this guy's didn't work. He's he's working coast to coast now.
0: I I saw uh, him um a couple years ago on I think it was Colbert. Uh huh. And he he pitched like the idea of like a just basically this like a a marvel show of him just kind of around while things are happening <laughs> um so it, it seems i don't know that pitch was accepted in one way or another by marvel studios and i i thought he was hilarious on that bus scene
1: <laughs> yeah I, I i like i i hope he kind of becomes the next uh stan lee cameo of like just popping he, up in he random just happens places to be there yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like actually interacts with the scene in one way or another mm-hmm. um but I—I I mean, this guy's going coast to coast now. Maybe, maybe he's the next watcher. For maybe all he is. <laughs> he could be. Um, I liked the uh, the Extremis soldier tie-in because that's another Iron Man three reference. I didn't even realize that was an Extremis soldier fighting until someone pointed it out to me afterward.
0: Yeah, I it's I very didn't, subtle. I didn't catch it either, but I—I I mean, I saw the guy glow, but it didn't. I didn't even think it didn't Extremis. register. That, no, yeah. I was like, who? I wonder what kind of powers that guy has. Is. Uh, is he supposed to be a mutant or something or yeah. inhuman I didn't know but um yeah the fact that it's extremis is really cool um like, and you then guys the black widow around. yeah and then the black widow fight was um well the black widow that cameoed was actually in the black widow film as one Oh of the, was she? Yeah like the actress reprised her role as one of the black widows from uh that was released from the red room so Oh, Pretty
1: cool. Gl- glad to see she's uh, she's freed and is making money in, in the underground. <laughs> yeah, doing it, the, going about her life this. way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's one of them that uh, Yelena couldn't round up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or maybe she just chose to do this. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's good at it.
0: Yeah, could be, could be. So, uh, who do you, who do you have winning this?
1: So. <sighs> As much as I like the posters in the background, how the, the Kung Fu Hustle and Warriors kind of like give a little bit of, uh, not subtext, but a little bit of a reference to what this movie supposed to be. I think out of the four in general, I have to say, is that Cherry takes the cake on all of them?
0: Yeah, I would say I was kind of between that and the bus route. Um, just because... Well, well, I, I my like thing is historical significance
1: there. I, I, I like the historical significance of it. But if if you're not aware of what that is, it, it that's a yeah. there's even apparently the the ABC. I'm not I wasn't aware of this, but apparently the uh, the ABC's line also is an Easter mm-hmm. egg or it's right. also a um, it's a, also an in joke in the Asian American community or the um, or even the Chinese community specifically. Um, yeah, it's
0: what American based Chinese.
1: I, I believe so is what a b c um, means mm-hmm. i I believe so so there there are like in jokes written in here that I mean we you and I might not have caught on to, right. but I mean our easter aids in a way just i didn't pick up on them right away like this like the bus route would be one of them I had to do a little bit of mm-hmm. digging to find that and it's yeah. it's cool I really like the significance of it, but um just to me personally uh, i I would have to go with
0: cherry yeah i'm on I'm on board with Clev. Um, I will say, I think this should be the last time we can consider him an Easter egg, and he has now yeah. upgraded the cameo status. <laughs> no, I, I now agree that he's, with that. Now I that won't. He's named.
1: I won't. I won't push back on that at all. Did he? <laughs> yep.
0: I forget. He said his name at one point. It, it, when yeah, he I think he said this live, is Clev. He? he was like, a, <laughs> he said he took uh, martial arts classes. Yeah. So he's going to judge and rate the fight.
1: between sean chi and uh and a romanian uh yeah (laughs) bodybuilder
0: so yeah i'm i'm good going with clev okay all right so our next um and this is really our final award we have a couple other topics to discuss before we wrap up but um our last award is mvp um, and I expect us to kind of debate over the meaning of that, as well as who we would select for this.
1: Oh, this is a living, breathing award show. Like for all we yep. know, we're we're gonna have eight different categories the next time we do this. Yeah. Um, but to me, MVP is the person is the person who like stood out the most, either stood out the most or had the most um, uh, attraction. Uh, Not I want to say attraction. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not a good word to use <laughs> had the most um impact on the uh, no not even the most impact had the most to do and the most uh most weight carried and was able to pull it off so uh are not i'll just read off our nominees right now uh we have i only have their character names but their actors their corresponding actors um mm-hmm. Are eligible as well. Uh, so we have Simu Lu as Sean Chi, we have Aquafina as Katie, we have Benedict Wan as Wan, uh, we have Tony Leon as Wan Wu, we have Ben Kinsley as Trevor Slattery, and then uh, I'd got to throw Morris in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair to discuss Morris. <laughs> so, um, what are your ahead. thoughts? I mean, I I couldn't give it to anyone but Simu Lu as Shang-Chi. I,
1: I know. I, as much as I want to give it to Tony Leon or even yeah. the character of Wong in this, I just, it it this seemed like a pretty easy pick out of all of them. Yeah. Uh, because this, I mean, he is a movie star now. I, I hope Hollywood takes the right lessons from this and casts him in more stuff, makes him the lead in more stuff.
0: Oh, and... I mean, he he just, ever since his casting he's just shown that he is a star you know his support Mm of um various asian american communities and you know asian communities in general um his kind of stand-up attitude and his fanboyism towards the mcu (laughs) in general like and then you know it, it showed in his performance like it was awesome and the way that he was able to you know do his own stunts and the background he came from being a a stock photo model and <laughs> it, it it's just awesome. You know, he just seems like a genuine stand up guy, and the character of Shang-Chi is one that I'm really excited to see what More they can of. do with in the But
1: like I I genuinely can't see anybody else in this role. No. Now it, it doesn't at this point you could throw out different castings and I I don't think I would want anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um and to the to the stock photo comment. Uh, I sent you a few of these earlier this week, but there were uh, somebody took, took the time and edited it in Sean Chi references into some of his stock photos. Mm-hmm. There's one of him in like a, in like a Yoda studio, but the rings are flying onto his hands. <laughs> 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 There's another one of him, uh, like at the head of a board table, but they edited him in into the meeting at the beginning of civil war. Yeah. With, with both the teams lined up. <laughs> so, um, he's just embraced his path. He's, he's embraced where he came from and isn't afraid Mm -hmm. to show off what he's done. And, uh, I'm really excited to see where he goes.
0: Yeah. And uh, it takes a lot for a character, you know, coming out of their debut film to kind of establish themselves right away as, you know, this is going to be one of the faces of the Avengers,
1: you know, right.
0: (laughs) The faces of the MCU and uh, It's the same, very similar kind of feeling that I got from Black Panther, you know, and one that I didn't get from Doctor Strange or Ant-Man or any of the other kind of debuts. You know, those, Mm -mm. to me, I I enjoyed those films, but I didn't leave going, you know, I can't wait to see this character become a leader of of the Avengers and such a marquee player in the universe, you know?
1: Yeah, all the Doctor Strange stuff that we've gotten that I want to see, I'm excited to see more of him from has been... In any crossovers that he's done,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he he definitely has been a stronger character in his crossovers than his own film. But um, I'm expecting that to, to change with multiverse of madness because it's going to get weird and fun, and um in a way that the first wasn't as much. But um, yeah, th- this I mean, it easy franchise potential, and I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if in a couple months we get the sequel announced. <laughs> You know, I don't think it's going to be too long. They're going to be itching to put another one of these out.
1: I mean, this this movie on its own broke one hundred million dollars during a, a global pandemic during another surge weekend. over Labor Day weekend. Yeah, Um. I, I mean, this definitely would have broken a billion had it not been under these circumstances. And 100%. I mean, I mean, thinking about it, this will this ultimately changes the the streaming landscape too because now disney's not going to want to release their um not do a day 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 and date release anymore
0: right yeah uh, i mean uh, it seems like that's not happening with eternals um where you know they it never was on the table officially but you know everyone kind of thought maybe they would do something mm-hmm. um, if this didn't do as well but i mean it it given the circumstances it honestly killed it i i'm I am disappointed it couldn't come out during a normal, a normal year, a normal cycle, and have broken that billion mark. It's always going to look weird to me when I go back and revisit the box office numbers and see this near the bottom, just because yeah. of the the world situation. It, it, that sucks, but you know it. Whatever sequel they end up putting out to this is going to break a billion easy. Definitely, <laughs> assuming All we're easily. not in a pandemic still in three <laughs> years or whatever <laughs> the sequel comes out
1: um so yeah where overall where would you say this movie sits in your rankings right now
0: oh boy let so let me take a look at my list here uh i i've moved it around uh between a few different locations so um if you've listened to our reviews and reactions before i i do kind of like a tier system where i give I give the film a grade and, and then move it around within that tier. So, currently, I've got this at number eight. Okay. In my MCU rankings. So.
1: Okay, where does that what sits around it?
0: Uh, so let me uh, let me just go through my my updated rankings here. So I've got one, Avengers: Infinity War, two Avengers: Endgame, three Guardians of the Galaxy, four. Captain America Civil War 5 Black Panther 6 Thor Ragnarok 7 the Avengers 8 Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings 9 Spider-Man Homecoming 10 Captain America the Winter Soldier 11 Spider-Man Far From Home 12 Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 13 Iron Man 14 Black Widow 15 Avengers Age of Ultron 16 Captain Marvel 17 Doctor Strange 18 Iron Man 3 19 Ant-Man, 20 Captain America the First Avenger, 21 Ant-Man and the Wasp, 22 Iron Man 2, 23 Thor, 24 Thor the Dark World and 25 The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> 25 MCU films yeah. yeah,
1: we're up to we're up to 25 entries at this point and we we decided uh for the purposes of the show we we're taking out the TV series.
0: Yeah, we're going to we're going to rank them separately. separately. Just simply because we're going to be at like 50 properties in two years or something (laughs) so um to make the list more manageable and so we don't have to you know list 50 (laughs) stories every time we we have a new season of the the series um we you know we'll be able to rank this separately and i think it's easier too because i there's a lot more room for inconsistencies and pacing issues in a show. So it makes it much harder to compare apples to oranges. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with my MCU film rankings. I, I debated putting it above the Avengers, um, but it's really hard for anything to crack that top seven for me um, and get past Avengers just because I, I always think back to my experience watching that in the theater and, You know, it's become less rewatchable with age due to, like, some of the campier elements of it and everything that's come after it. But it still was just such a hallmark film for me and, like, formative in my investment in the MCU. Like, after that, after the Avengers is when I started seeing all of these release night and I couldn't go any other time. Like, I had to see it (laughs) as soon as it dropped. Right. I remember with Thor, like I saw it a couple weeks after it came out, same with Captain America, but once the Avengers came, it you know, it kind of changed everything for me. So it's hard for me to put things above that. Where do you what do you what are you thinking as far as your rankings go?
1: So it broke the top ten for me. And my rankings actually as we were I'm kind of doing this live, but they shifted around like this kind of shifted them around a little bit and taking the TV shows shifted things around a little bit too. So I have this at number nine out of ten. Okay, Uh, and it sits me then, and it sits right between uh, Infinity War and Iron Man three. Okay, so my I'll I'll give you the top thirteen. So at my number one, I have the Winter Soldier. Number two, Thor Ragnarok. Number three, Black Panther. Number four, Spider Man Homecoming. Number five, Captain America Civil War. Number six, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Number seven, Iron Man 1, 8, Infinity War. Number nine, Shang-Chi and the Le- Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, number 10, Iron Man 3. Number 11, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number 12, Black Widow. And number 13, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 cracked it. Okay. Came back up to the top 13. Nice. So, yeah, Endgame yeah. fell. And this pu- to me, this pushed Endgame down oh. and uh, brought Guardians up.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: And I mean these 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 rankings are living breathing documents to me so like Gotcha. Anything can rise and fall at any point.
0: I see. Yeah, I um I really think and based on your rankings I think you agree with me that this was the best solo debut in the MCU.
1: <laughs> Other than uh Black Panther and I I do the have Black Iron Panther Man.
0: above it but I don't consider I don't. I'm not considering it's that a it's debut. Not... not like an origin story type of type I of gotcha. thing. I gotcha. You know what I mean?
1: Would would you consider that? That's a question I had. I forgot to put in our notes. Would you consider this an origin story though? Because he already like we already know who Sean chi has become at this point. Like he is he already has all the abilities that he is going to have. Right? Yeah.
0: He, he has the abilities, but he's not a hero yet. So like that's the only way I can think of it like he kind of just lived in the shadows for a while but okay um i don't know i mean whether it's an actual origin is probably debatable i mean we do get some of his origin in flashbacks kind of like we did with captain marvel Mm -hmm. um so it is a creative way to to tell the origin and i'm glad they went with this route instead of know what they could have done Um, giving
1: us just a generic origin story of how he came to be yeah okay that makes sense and i like that Uh, about it
0: that he had all of his powers like i mean his powers well he did get his powers because he got the rings at the end right those are his superhero powers before he was just like the best martial artist but now he i mean he could go toe-to-toe with well avengers level threats (laughs) 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 But yeah, um, I mean, I, I've got it high up. I just love this movie. I cannot wait to watch it again. I'm jealous you got to see. You've gotten seen it twice. Uh it's gonna be, it's gonna be enjoyable when it eventually releases on uh, Disney Plus or whatever they end up doing. I'll probably try to get the steel book for this one.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So. Um... One one little segment we uh, we decided to come up with for the, for these reviews is called spinoff corner, and the question now is what characters or concepts that were introduced would have potential for their own series or films, or what would you like to see expanded upon in another entry? I mean, I have one right known right away. What's yours? I would like to see a Wong. in <laughs> like like I want to see a sports movie or a sports series. Where Wong is the main character, built like fighting his way up through this underground ring to like make it to the top, like almost like Wong <laughs> in World this underground fight ring in this fight club set in like the tone of Rocky.
0: I love it. I want it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. That sounds. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we do get a Wong spinoff at some point like you know wong and the masters of the mystic arts or something like that that would be so cool like just <laughs> give me something it doesn't even have to be a prequel just i don't know i don't know what we could get but um uh for me it i would really like to see more focus on Zhao ling and just give us a mm-hmm. 10 rings disney plus series like show us what she's xia ling in the 10 rings or something like that Um, I I think that's a more interesting route to take than just making her an outright villain in the sequel to this film. Uh, I'm not as interested in that. I know there's a lot more story to tell between her and Shang-Chi. But I think at the same time, if if you sort of focus on what she is doing with the Ten Rings, it might make their eventual clash work better
1: yeah I agree with that and i I would like to see something along those lines and and expand it upon uh i kinda I kind of hope it is in contrast to Sean Chi himself though so I would like to I would like to see that story played out in a sequel mm, I see at least to, that that's how the way I see
0: it yeah I think so, inevitably there will be threads from that story that pick up in the sequel one way or another. Mm-hmm. But I, I do, I I just would like to see another step of, you know, giving her a series to work with to flesh out what her motivations are and kind of paint a picture of what her 10 rings are versus what her father's organization was and how she's changed things. And I, I would, I I I guess
1: ultimately, I just don't want the 10 rings to become the hand. Does that, <laughs> like, like, that was better than the hand shouldn't be a main villain in and of themselves. And I think that's where the, the Netflix series all failed.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: think that the hand needs to just play out as a background, a set of background villains or a, a villainous organization that plays out in the background. Um, the 10 rings on the other hand, I mean, they have a lot of creative potential here that they, they either will completely miss on and just repeat their mistakes, or, um, or, or they'll do something different, and we'll we'll see how that how that plays out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Just speaking of spinoffs, if if we get some sort of Shang Chi related announcement at that Disney Plus day mm-hmm. for one of their series that you know would probably come out in twenty twenty three or something along those lines, because um, if you think about it, beyond next year, we don't really know that much about the disney plus plans um you know we have a couple wakanda based series that are coming out iron heart armor wars that are all supposedly post 2022 um Mm -hmm. but i think you know with this introducing a whole nother corner of the mcu i really want some sort of series spun off of this that fleshes out you know either something focused around michelle Yeoh and talo um you could even have trevor come back for it <laughs> and <laughs> morris but yeah i mean i just want to see more of this world <laughs> when it comes down to it
1: so do you want to do you want to, what What are we saying or i i guess we i guess for this yeah, we I, could put it's both. not
0: really an award i don't think no you know, like we don't have to pick a winner for it it's just you know what do we think what kind of spinoffs do we think and then we can win uh when we're proven wrong and nothing is spun off of this and we just get a sequel, then we can eat our hats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or we can we can cash in on those dividends and and uh, Marvel can just pay us the royalties for, for coming up with these ideas ahead of time.
0: Yep, if we come up with a good idea, they got to give us that two mil. That's our rate. <laughs> that's our rate. Right. Two million for one good idea. Even if we do a million. bad job. <laughs> <laughs> that's our rate. They still got to <laughs> give us that two mil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my! Deep oh, that, that, deep there's cut. a reference for anybody. There's there's yep. a deep cut if anybody uh, wants to. Ju- if you know, you know. I'm not I'm not gonna throw the reference out there. <laughs> anyway, um, one final question is: Will this age well? Like yes. some, yeah, I I agree, I agree too. Some uh, like I, I only throw this question out there because there are. um I mean, there are entries that at first were like, oh, this is awesome. This is cool. And then over time, the more you think about it, it's they haven't really aged that well. They've gone from like B pluses to C's or C pluses. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dark World might be the biggest offender of that. And being that we didn't have much to go off of when we walked out of the Dark World, we thought it was great at first. And then like th- two or three days later, we all realized it wasn't that great.
0: <laughs> yeah, on a rewatch when you're like, I mean, the, the on the Tom Hiddleston saved that movie <laughs> from being yeah. like a huge, <laughs> a yeah. huge misstep.
1: So I think, I think this is, this definitely will age well. It, I mean, this is a, I think if, if you want to show somebody what the MCU can do, this would be one of them to show, to be like, Hey, this is a good entry point. You might not understand mm-hmm. everything but being that one it doesn't it, i mentioned this before but it doesn't feel like a marvel movie for like 98 right like 90 90 to 95% of it right um it's just a re- it feels like a regular martial arts movie that has all these different elements thrown in from different eras of of uh, of martial arts film and asian cinema um but I think this would be a good entry point to to give to somebody. Uh Other ones that that might sit in that lead would be I don't know, um the ones that come, just come to mind are Black Panther, um maybe Thor Ragnarok. Um, I think from,
0: Ragnarok would be tough to jump into. You I think, think you so? Could en- I think you could enjoy it, but
1: enjoy it on its own though is what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah,
0: I mean, like you don't know the entire like what Asgard is, and I think that'd be tough.
1: Okay, that's fair. Okay, homecoming. so' I would, would say this homecoming Black Panther, the first Iron Man, and possibly probably even the winter soldier to ahead like, here, here this you don't need to know all of the context you just yeah. let me know what you think of it on its own
0: mm-hmm. right yeah, i I will bring up two two points, one as it relates to how this will age in kind of a negative way, and one that might hurt the rewatchability of it. So as far as it aging poorly, I think the one part that might would be the, the um, dweller in darkness and great protector fight. You know yeah. that that might just, you know, going back to it in five years after we've seen another fifteen Marvel properties <laughs> that ended in a giant CGI battle. You know, it might, <laughs> it might not age well for that for that mm-hmm. sense. Um, and then as far as rewatchability, the one thing that does concern me, like. If I were to, you know, rewatch this movie, you know, another couple of years, would would the slower pace of the second act kind of drag the movie down a little bit? You know, it's not it's not an entire the the action isn't as evenly placed throughout this as I would have liked it to be. Um, but I overall, I mean, I, I think this is a movie that I could watch at any time and enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, I think this just be... the action is just so good. Like even if it does mm-hmm. slow down in the middle a bit, uh, you still are invested, in the character work is so good that. Well, that's where the family drama kits in, and exactly like the, a whole
1: different movie kits in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I I said earlier that it's kind of a negative on how um how the pace d- slowed to a grinding halt, but to me that was just in the editing of it. I I think some mm-hmm. of that could have been. Um, dispersed a little bit more evenly and maybe cut out one or two scenes to or maybe cut down like ten or fifteen minutes to um to kind of clean up those pacing issues but story wise I wouldn't really take any major scenes out agreed so all the family drama stuff all of the the one woo origin stuff i wouldn't I wouldn't change any of that it's just more cleaning things up and fine tuning maybe a couple scenes here and there to mm-hmm to um to make it to make it move along a little bit
0: more well i think unless we've got a post credit for our own show up our sleeve i think that brings (laughs) us to the end
1: (laughs) i think so too
0: but yeah i hope you enjoyed it if you have any feedback on the um you know the format of this versus what we did for black widow just um you know feel free to let us know via twitter or um shoot us an email all the information's in in the show notes As always, we'll be back for Eternals, Hawkeye, and just continuing to bring bring the content, as it were.
1: It never ends. The content never ends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening. For Jared, I'm John. We'll see you next time.